Welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Missio Day is a family of Jesus, joining God as he makes all things new in Chicago. Check us out online at missiodaychicago.com. The reading today is 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Hey, what's up, Missy O'Day fam? My name is Nathan Stanton. I'm an elder at the Lincoln Square Congregation, and I'm so excited to bring you the word today. We are in this amazing series. It's called Fire by Night. It's about people from the scriptures who walked through dark seasons and dark circumstances, but were convinced that God would show up in the middle of their situation, and he did. And we are in a dark situation. It could be physically or it could be spiritually. Well, we don't know what's going to happen the week after next or the week after that. We are currently sheltering in place due to this COVID uh, virus. And it's very interesting that we find ourselves doing things or yearning for things that maybe once we took for granted, even the opportunity to just hug somebody, the opportunity to be in the same space and worship together. Like, think of how wonderful worship is going to be when we get back together. Those who may have been like, oh, I'm not going to worship today. Everybody is going to be jumping through the roof with excitement because we understand how precious it is. So in this Fire by Night series, I'm going to speak it, be speaking about Elijah and his dark season that he walked through, but how God consistently showed up and made and manifested his voice in a way that really changed the history of Israel. Father, I thank you today for who you are and who you made us to be, God, that you have placed us here as a people who embody the word and the mission that you have given us. Help us to walk in freedom today, although we are sheltering place, God. Help us to walk in the understanding of how much you love us, God, and how much your light is arrayed toward us, even as we are struggling through the darkness of an unknown future. We bless your holy name, Father. We thank you for making a way through your son, Jesus Christ. And as so, we know that we have a direct access to the holy hill of the Lord and shall always remain that way. And we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah was running. He was running. Why? Because somebody was after him. And in the beginning of that chapter, Jezebel, she uh, proclaims a charge. And she says that whoever finds Elijah is due that his life is going to belong to her now. 
that she is somebody who is striking fear in the heart of this prophet. But Elijah is not just any prophet. He is a prophet who has prayed fervently, as it says in James 5. He prayed fervently that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years, and it didn't. And then he prayed that it would rain, and you know what? It rained. He faced off with the 750 prophets of Baal and saw them all slaughtered and saw his God made great. Fire came from heaven and just really God showing his power to all the people of Israel. Just a prophet of renown. The things that he says, God backs up. But yet and still we have him in 1 Kings 19 running from Jezebel and hiding in a cave and being fed by a brook. And he goes from this time of having this mighty victory to a time of cowering in fear. And it, uh, it makes me think this is where we are right now, is it? As a country, maybe even as a church where we exist, we were once mighty, standing on the top of every place we could, proclaiming the Lord and walking in so much victory and comfortable and understanding the, all the things, maybe our purpose, and now everything is in disarray. But I tell you, in the midst of this, there is something that God is shaping and forming in us as a people. How do we understand that when it just doesn't seem to make sense whatsoever? And I think Elijah was confused, like, God, what are you doing? I, I'm all alone. And it seems like he contains all the quintessential events that happens to prophets, you know? He is alone. He is in the desert. He is seeing God do miraculous and wonderful things, and he is walking in a way that makes him renowned, and he's even facing off with kings and queens. Elijah is bravely walking into the purpose that God has given us, given him, and we as a people have a whole new situation and season to walk through. Well, we don't know right is left and up is down. What are you doing, Lord, when it seems that it's pestilence all around? But can we lean into his presence even more at this moment? Because I promise you that he is even closer than ever. It is not as if he is close when peace is happening and comfort and we got all the wealth stacked to the skies and we're not worried about our jobs and we're not worried about our health and our family members, but it's when those things are concerning us and anxiety is bringing darkness to what we can see, our vision for our lives and our future. He is closer than ever. He's like, oh, this is exactly where I want to be. So can we incline and listen to that still small voice. Yes, like Elijah, we may be alone in the darkness, but we are not alone when we are being attended by the very Holy Spirit, the presence of God that dwells in us and leads us and guides us into all truth. And here's Elijah hiding in a cave and he hears what may be the Lord, but it's not really the Lord, it's, it's just wind. And then the wind subsides, and then it's an earthquake. And yet and still, God is not in the earthquake. And then an earthquake passes, and then there's fire. But God is not in the fire, but he speaks in a still, small voice and calls Elijah out, and he goes out to speak with his friend. You see... The things that happen to us can sometimes feel 
epically larger than life. They can feel as if they are competing for our very attention, causing us to have anxiety because we can't control them, but they are just a glimpse of what God is actually doing. We cannot be distracted by what is going on around us, but we have to be attracted by his still, small voice speaking to us. You know, right now, I'm really getting to know my family intimately, and I have five, yes, five children. So you can imagine our house is uh, very peaceful all the time. Nobody fights. It's all awesome. Now, I'm going to admit, sometimes I raise my voice, but it's not the first thing that I do. The first thing that I do is say, hey, would you like to do this? And then they go, they don't answer me sometimes, or, you know, there's something else going on. And then I say, hey, I repeat myself, could you do this? And it depends on what kind of danger they may be in. Then I raise my voice even louder. I feel like this is what the Lord does with us. He's speaking in a still, small voice because that's the way he likes to beckon us in. But sometimes we don't listen to a still, small voice. And like me, who can be very stubborn, I need the Lord to speak louder and louder before I ever start to listen. I came to the Lord under circumstances that meant I might be going to jail or prison at any time. Why? Because I wasn't listening to the small ways he was speaking to me. So literally, my life became threatened. And then I go, all right, let's see what this Jesus is talking about now. <laughs> and I think God has been attempting to beat this drum, this message to us. So maybe you're asking me, so does this mean God has caused this disease to happen because he wants to teach us a lesson? I don't believe that to be, but I believe that when God's holiness shows up in our life, it begins to show the difference between who he is and the world is that we live in. It, can, it doesn't take long before God shows up and then all injustice begins to be righted. All the things that we've been putting off in our lives getting right start to be bubble up to the surface. And we say, you know what? I've been meaning to make this call. I've been meaning to do this one thing. I've been meaning to, um, to pray to God about this sin. I've been meaning to like walk in this way. We begin to get our life right when he shows up. But we can't be distracted by the pestilence. We can't be distracted by the storm. We must remember that the first way God speaks is calm and calling us and holding our hand the entire way. In Hebrews 12 and 25, it says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they not escape to refuse him who spoke on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shake, not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. 
Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Yes, we are in the midst of a dark time, but I promise you, our God is a consuming fire. He is not just a light. He is this violent action that dispels the darkness the same way he did with his words in Genesis and said, let there be light. Do you know that the same mountain that Elijah met the Lord at is the same mountain where Moses met his end? and also the main mountain where Moses met the Lord's power. It's called Horeb, and it's known as the mountain of the Lord. Why? Because everyone who lived around there knew that this is the mountain that God lived in. Lightning strikes, thunder, wind, earthquakes, all these things happened to this mountain, and people were afraid to go there. Even Elijah in his fear that he would dare go to the mountain of the Lord, not because he wasn't afraid enough, because he was a friend enough of God, listening to that still, small voice. Also in Hebrews 22, this is right before the passage that I just read in Hebrews 25, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, to the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. What does that say? What does that mean? It means our mediator has made a way to us, for us, to a different mountain. Now, Mount Zion, which was also known as Jerusalem, was a place of glory. This is where the Israelites would finally meet their Messiah. It was a place that even God had shown Moses a glimpse of and he had shown Elijah a glimpse of. So no longer are we to walk in fear because we are in darkness. But Jesus has taken our hardened hearts and made them tenderly able to not just hear the word of the Lord, but to ascend the holy hill of the Lord, not shaking in fear and in terror because we are surrounded by pestilence, flood, and disaster, but we are now being embodied and embraced by this holy reverence and awe of a God whose raw power is on display through his son, Jesus Christ. What was once fearful, now we see, is just the auspicious, audacious power of our Messiah on display. And I love that that is the way out of this darkness. So at a time where you are deciding exactly how you will posture yourself in the midst of all these uncertainties and what is unknown, may we attend to the small, still voice of the Lord 
because that power is leading us to where he exists. We can ascend this mountain boldly because the love of Christ has been spilled out for us in his blood and made a way of fire in the darkness. Listen to this in Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen over you. May we head out into our days that seem to unfold in this just monotonous, continual wave. May we head out with the certainty knowing that his glory will be revealed in us, which is his son, Jesus Christ. And therefore, we can walk boldly, not in fear of the darkness, but knowing that that fire, that light will show up because our God and your God is a consuming fire. Father, I thank you for everyone who is there um, behind the screen watching this, wherever they're watching this, God, and I pray that you would arrest them with your glory right now and with your presence, Lord Jesus, that you would be present with them, that you would consume all of their doubts and consume all of their fear with the understanding that we are enclosed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and as such, we can ascend the holy hill of the Lord boldly, although it may be shaking and covered by winds and fires and earthquakes. We are children who are generously loved. Let your love be lavished on us in this moment, in our isolation, in our innocence, even in our depression. God, show up and let your love be known. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. We love to keep the conversation going. Find a weekly gathering or gospel community in a neighborhood near you. To find out more, check us out online at missiodechicago.com.